if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. I'm Alexa, also known as That Sex Chick. And if you haven't guessed it by now, I love talking about sex. Not only talking about it, but I'm obsessed with helping you create an epic sex life while cultivating deeply fulfilling relationships. There's so much more to the conversation than just the act of sex itself, which is why I created this podcast. You can expect this show to be packed with resources, advice, experts, and everyday people talking about how they have created the best sex and love lives for them. If you are ready to take responsibility for your pleasure, then you are in the right place. Now, let's go talk sex, shall we? This is a Soulfire production. I feel like maybe we should have gotten the Oracle deck and pulled oh, a card. Should we? Should if we only it? it were like two rooms away. And Do you want me to go get it? She could run no. and get them. No, that's okay. You we should have done it ahead it. of time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, yeah. we missed our chance. It probably would have been the Soul Tribe card. Soul Tribe card, because mm -hmm. we are in soul the tribe. room being Soul Tribe this right now. Yeah, uh, inner mm -hmm. cabinet. <laughs> Great. Ooh, or it could have been the, it could have been the dance with life card. <laughs> oh yeah, it the dance with been. life. It Maybe we would have had to dance. And then we, we would have had to like they do say after you've been practicing consistently enough, you'd no longer have to pull them. You just know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So I would love as a little bit of the intro 
to be you telling that story of the cards of the cards. So funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we I just told it on our podcast. Yeah, did you really? yeah. Well, we told it more about like how we moved through the conflict. Is that what you want? Yeah. Okay. Well, for sure. Like what did, what do the cards mean to you and yeah. like getting them as a gift and then starting to practice and play with them. And yeah. then like how you, because I think that that's a great representation of so much like that and so mm-hmm. many different iterations plays out whether that's in your relationship or many other people's relationship it just happened for jordan and i so i don't know let's go back like three or four years ago Mm -hmm. um michael and i when we first started dating maybe five years ago we we did this thing that we call meeting of the masculines and our friends of ours have called meeting of the masculines where both of us were the ceo and founders of our companies and we would just like masculine would be meeting masculine and it just created this like lack of polarity in our relationship. And I have always wanted to be more and more feminine. And I think it was connected to having a hard time with female relationships. And uh, I went on this like mission to make female relationships and to be more feminine, feminine, meaning not like female male, just like embracing that energy more. I actually love the masculine parts of me. I think it's, they're amazing. They make me feel powerful and I'm not giving that up but I had this other part of myself I wasn't embracing. And so that's context for, I have in the past couple of years made these amazing, super feminine friends. And I, I, I am not one of them. <laughs> you are definitely one of them. I mean, I'm one of your friends, but I wouldn't say I'm, I'm certainly not the most flowy. You're not the most flowy, but you're definitely, yeah. you embrace your feminine side. And more than I did when we first met, And we also have, you and I both have some friends that are way more flowy and yes, way more than we are. And so I've been with the encouragement of and support of Michael, like really embracing that part of myself. And then you recently gave me this deck of cards, this Oracle deck. It's the Work Your Light deck by by Rebecca Rebecca Campbell. Campbell. And it's kind of like a horoscope. It's you ask a question and it um, gives you this vague inter- like thing that helps you be introspective to find the answer within yourself. But some weird things happens with the deck. You know, every once in a while you pull the same card twice. It's a 44 card deck. The stats on that are really low for that to happen. So there's just, is there something in the deck that is magical? magical. I'm just going to believe that there is. And, you know, it doesn't hurt. To believe that there is. Um, and then I'm just like playing around with this deck and I'm getting Michael to pull cards with me. And he has this, I don't know, how would you describe your attitude at the time towards the cards? I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> it was kind of silly. And I let you know that in sometimes subtle, sometimes not so subtle ways. Yeah. I joked around about it. I'd make yeah, just make jokes about it. Yeah, make jokes about it or like be resistant to pulling a card or there would definitely be some like resistance there. And it left me feeling silly and kind of small and just kind of like took the wind out of my sails. I'm like kind of excited about these cards. I find it fun. I think it's cute. And um, so we ended up getting into like a little bit of a conflict over it where he asked me, about my frustration around him not being excited about the cards. And he thought I wanted him to believe in the cards, mm-hmm. which is not the case. I don't need you to believe in the cards. I just want you to play with me and be excited with me. And 
it was also sending me mixed signals. Like you want me to be more and more feminine and flowy and creative and um, intuitive, which I feel like the cards represents a lot of that for me. And then you're making fun of me for the cards at the same mm-hmm. time. So I'm kind of getting mixed signals. Like, do you want me to do this? Do you not want me to do that? And he uh, didn't see that perspective until we had the conversation about it. And now you, he's a little bit less resistant to the cards, <laughs> but um, will be a little bit more committed to playing with me. Yeah. And your experience in that was the lesson? The lesson is that so many times in conflict, we're just simply not fully understanding each other. Like I, the resistance that I had was feeling like she, it was necessary for me to believe in this magic of the cards. Mm -hmm. And I just don't, but that wasn't what she wanted. She just wanted me to take them seriously, to support her, to be excited. And I can totally rally behind that. I can play along. Uh, anytime I actually do take them somewhat seriously, I have like this really introspective moment and I get something cool for my life. I don't have to believe that there's like magic from the universe making, like delivering me the right card. If that is happening, that's awesome. Um, but I don't even need that to get something cool out of that process. And also just, just having the reflection of, Hey, I'm trying to be more feminine over here and you're sending me mixed signals. I don't want to do that. I want, I want her to keep leaning into that femininity because it is so sexy. Our polarity in a lot of ways is at an all-time high and I want to keep supporting that. Mm. So just the fact that y'all navigated that little piece of conflict and were able to see so much more in the mm-hmm. what actually happened, the deeper message there, there was a reason why, and like, let's just start with a really quick, relevant, most recent story, mm-hmm. because that really encapsulates like how I perceive you in relationship and it, like how I perceive you and the depth that is present in your relationship and what sets you apart from many other relationships and why I so wanted to have you on the show. You know, I like I I've I have interviewed now a couple of our friends and I have said this in the trailer for the show and I talk about it a lot where my friends, some of my best friends now, y'all being at the top of the list. At the very top, let it be known. At the top of the list. You're not out there as relationship gurus or experts, and you're not out as you know, trying to help people with their sex life or they're with their relationship or intimacy or anything, but you do just by being, just by sharing mm-hmm. the the deeper message. It's not about the cards. It's this whole interaction that's underneath the surface. And, um, you know, with when it comes to my friends and I look at y'all, like certainly not an expert maybe in sex education or intimacy or whatever, but I even in that space, learn so much from your relationship. And, and just, fuck, like getting to experience both of you, getting to meet you right before you started the whole parenting journey, right before you started like getting ready to conceive and then watching that whole process unfold and being up close and personal with it is such medicine for me, is such medicine for Jordan and I. Like we are considering things in our relationship now because of what we've witnessed in you two Mm -hmm. and because of how you've shared it so openly and like you don't have to do that you don't 
you know, working against gravity and having the company that you have being very nutrition based and lifestyle and mindset and health oriented, like you don't have to share all this other stuff with the world or with, you know, the people that are in your life and you do. And like, I am so fucking grateful for that. Mm -hmm. And I like love being in relationship as friends with both of you. I admire you both so much. There's like something about, I think for you, Michael, that like you were like in that dad role because of all of our friends, like you're like, okay, we just look up to Michael as we can just all call him daddy. daddy. <laughs> I make them all call me daddy. All my god friends oh now call me daddy. God. Jordan yeah. especially. I like having a moment here, and you're like, call him daddy. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like you, you represent that that role in a lot of ways. Like it just feels like maybe it. Well, for for sure, in that aspect, there's a maturity that I'm in admiration of, like taking that role and going down that road. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like when we have conversations and you say how much you've learned from me, I'm like, do you have any idea how much I've learned from them? Mm-hmm. It's a mutual relationship for sure. Yeah. So I love your relationship. I love hearing the story about it and how it came together. And I could hear it every day and still be like, oh, I love it so much. But everybody else we could just call you every single day and tell me that story. It's funny. I, I've asked Michael to tell me that story so many times of how we met. Oh, At least 30 times. Me, can you just tell me how At we met? At least 30 times. So will you tell all of the, would you be open to telling all of the people who are listening now? Mm-hmm. Kind of a, a little sure. fairy tale story of how Michael and Adi Kazayu came together. Mm-hmm. My Certainly. homie also from Louisiana. If you heard that Kazayu. Mm-hmm. And first off, thank you so much for that. I feel super honored. Um, I'm sure she does as well. I do. Yeah. I do. Thank you. We have so much respect for you. And to hear your reflection of how we show up is, it feels amazing. So thank you. Mm. So our story, um, like what, what size version of it do you want? Let's go with the medium, small. Medium, small, like five minutes. <laughs> so at the time, um, we were both in relationships. I, she was in a long-term one. I was in a very short-term one. and we met at a business mastermind and we were by far the youngest and we're going around the circle. It's kind of like a circle. We're going around the circle, standing up, introducing ourselves. And she stands up says, my name is Adi Zucker. <laughs> I was Instagram stalking her before she sat down. I was into it. I was, I was definitely into it. And you love it. I love you it. Know, I, I saw it a million times. <laughs> I saw this guy in the pictures. And I, I was like counting, I was looking at the last date that he was in a picture and I convinced myself that before there was a trend, like he was in more of them and then it, it seemed like it stopped a month ago. And so I said, you know what? She's probably single. <laughs> or or like he's on his way out. <laughs> yeah. I tried to convince myself that she was single. Um, we were just like really attracted to each other that weekend. We started talking to each other constantly, started spending more time together. And at some point I asked, do you have a boyfriend? And for the first, and we were texting, we were all, we were in this theater watching a a presentation and we had been texting back and forth obsessively all weekend long. Also it's, I'm Canadian at the time living in Canada and I was just like, screw the roaming charges. Don't care. I had a $700 phone bill when I got home. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> Worth it. Worth it. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and so then, so, okay. So I asked her finally, so do you have a boyfriend? And for the first time she took like two minutes to respond instead <laughs> of an instant response. And uh, she said, yes, I do. And at that point, my intention was like, I don't want to be the asshole that's trying to like push through this and, mm -hmm. and cause drama. And so, yeah, again, my intention was to kind of back off. And she made it really clear that she wanted to continue talking to me. At, at that point, there was nothing like inappropriate in what we were doing, but we were obviously very interested in one another, very attracted to each other. And to make a long story short, after that night, we talked every single day for years and, you know, years? for her, for years. And for her, you know, she today. was in this really mm -hmm. long term relationship. She thought she was getting married and it was really confusing for her. I think like one, we lived in different countries. Part of both of us, I think was feeling like, whoa, can this, is this real? Like, do we actually like each other enough for her to be considering breaking up with this guy? Moving countries. And part of me was like, I don't want, I don't want to be a rebound. I don't really want to support her acting out of like a wounded place. I don't want her to just like break up and immediately be in a long-term relationship with me. So I really encouraged her like, hey, if you're going to break up with him, I think you should be single for a while. We'll continue talking and keeping in touch. But I really didn't want to A, pressure her to break up with him because what if I change my mind? Like, I don't want that on my conscience. And I've been known to do that, change mm -hmm. my mind pretty quickly. And then also, again, like I didn't want her to be, I didn't want to support her acting from a wounded place. And what did you do? Um, well, I knew that regardless of whether Michael and I were going to be together, my ex and I couldn't be together. It just like didn't make sense anymore. Like if I could feel this way about somebody else and it wasn't fair to him or to me for us to be together. So I broke up with him. And then um, I just told Michael it didn't make sense for me to date other people. <laughs> I was like, but I'm not going to date other people. So can you be my boyfriend? Well, the real story is we're in New Orleans and had a great little trip. We're hanging out on a bench, looking at the Mississippi. Mm -hmm. We just had like this super romantic evening. She had just broken up with her, with her boyfriend. And we know that's about like our relationship. And she looks at me and she says, so why aren't you my boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> This is how this, this is, is pretty how much how it happened. came to be. And recently we went back to that spot. Right. I remember I was spot. just about to say you showed us that, yeah, that spot that we were bench. all in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah. And I just didn't really understand. I was like, he, he, uh, I'm not going to see other people. So why aren't you my boyfriend? I'm just not sure. <laughs> and a couple other cool things about our first year in a relationship are a few months after we met, we moved into a travel trailer together. Um, we were only in it for about four months. We intended to go across the country. We only made it about to Seattle, two states. Uh, so that was great. But we had a ton of fun. I remember pulling up in Vancouver, Canada, parking it for the first time in a spot that we knew we were going to be in for a full month and just dancing in the middle of our, our trailer, in the middle of a trailer park. Yeah, so I think fun. like eight weeks into a relationship with somebody, you move into a 31 foot wide travel trailer. You are going to get to know each other real quick it's either going to go bad or really good yeah for sure <laughs> i had several iterations of that living on a ship mm -hmm. you have a cabin mm -hmm. it's like 
four square feet. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Make it work or die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so I understand that. And then we got married a year later. Holy shit. And no. now now we have a baby. We have like my favorite offspring. little creature. Isn't that crazy? I love we little. Have a baby. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's wild. 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 I was there the, the day he was conceived. Mm-hmm. I mean, speculation, but I'm going to take it as truth. It, I take it as truth too. Yeah. Oh, I sure. have two favorite little creatures. One is little and the other is shy. Mm-hmm. Until Wilder is born, shy is my only human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love the story. I love hearing when Jordan goes to tell our version of our coming together story too. I'm like, I like want him to be like, oh my God, I'm so tired of hearing this story. Don't ever stop. Yeah. <laughs> but like more detail. Yeah. Yeah. New details specifically. Yeah. yeah. New things Anything that you may have new. left out. Yeah. yeah. So I am curious, right? Y'all. And I've, I've just shared this at the beginning, like y'all having this relationship that I sit back and I watch from the outside and like taking notes so admire Mm -hmm. what were relationships like for you like what were they modeled how was relationships modeled for you growing up Mm -hmm. modeled for me um i think our relationships were modeled similarly and really different um both of our parents are still together and still very much in love with each other which i feel like is really really amazing and rare for most people in america um my parents flirted with each other. They were so committed to each other. I consciously remember this, like they are committed to each other above all else. Like they love their kids and life is for the kids. Like they, they would do anything for us. And at the end of the day, it's like them two together. Like that's their people. And I really love that about them. Like that is that's their person. This is who they decided to spend their life with. They're going to spend the most time in their life with that person. Um, They're so there for each other. And at the same time, I saw them fight a lot, like a lot of fighting. It was very high volume. With each other? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I don't, I've never heard the that. same way that they fight with, with us you, yeah. that you see, they fought with each other. Got it. Um, my parents are from Israel. They're very like, like high heat. Mm-hmm. very zero to a hundred real zero fast. to a hundred real quick whether they're loving on you hating on you mad at you um proud of you it doesn't matter it's like all really high volume just very very loud um so i thought that was totally normal and the um the way you express yourself is just like emotion comes up and whatever comes out what whatever comes out of your mouth comes out so Sometimes that would be like, I'm going to hurt you with my words because that's just like what I feel like I want to do right now. It's just a very heated, very emotional. Um, and that was not how it was modeled for you. No, not at all. <laughs> well, I had, I had the, yeah, the similarity is in like my parents were very supportive of one another. I just, one of the things that's been drilled into me is how, how my dad is always looking to make my mom's life a little bit easier. He almost never waits to be asked. And he just, he just figures out things to take off of her plate. Um, I've always really admired that. And it's something that I continue to work on a lot. Um, they've always been like really sweet and kind with each other. They would flirt in a very modest way. Um, spent a lot of time together and I, yeah, the, the the biggest thing is I saw that it's possible to have a really loving relationship for a lifetime. Um, you know, the, the jury's still out. We'll see if they make it. But, you know, they've been going strong for 25, 30 years. 
and they're so in love. And um, so, yeah, that was imprinted on me. On the other hand, I can't remember a single time that they fought. And I think what that taught me is that if there's conflict in a relationship, it's because something is wrong and I should avoid that at all costs. And so when a D and I first got together, I would have a lot of avoidant strategies and my tendency was to withdraw when something would come up. And luckily we realized that conflict is just a way to get to know each other better. Like we've crossed boundaries and this is us growing together. Um, so it's like a, a learning opportunity rather than something to be avoided. Mm -hmm. I think that was yeah. one of the moments where we realized like we really wanted to be together was we got into like a little bit of an argument. Mm -hmm. One of the first times we hung out mm -hmm. and like the way we moved through that argument just felt so easy. Mm -hmm. And I think both of us were like, whoa, that felt mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me go. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. And it was I think it was like the first time we had hung out just us outside of the mastermind where we met. And I had like feelings come up about a way he was acting. And I like expressed those feelings in a calm way, which is not normal for me. And he heard them and validated me and we moved through it. And it was just like, whoa. I think I like you. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I say that all the time for Jordan and I, that the reason why I know we will last is because of how we navigate conflict. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me personally, it, it's like uh, meditation and yoga and personal development and the books and the lots of philosophical kinds of conversations and all of those things played a role, but they still weren't really truly translating into relationships mm -hmm. as I was dating. And then all of a sudden I was there with Jordan and I was like, oh. This is easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, because us at our hardest, like we got into an argument last night and like I immediately hugged a D and I was like, we're just arguing in the car, which is so rare for us. And she was like, y'all be fine. I'm like, yeah, I know we're already fine. Like, yeah. It's totally fine. And <laughs> like by the time we got to our next destination, a D got in the car, we drove to one of our other friend's house. By the time we got to that next destination, I opened my phone and there was a, I want to show up better for you. Mm -hmm. And I, I apologize for how I showed up in that altercation. I love you. Mm -hmm. And like how fast we go mm -hmm. into reminder. As soon as we pull out and the story is not there and the big energy is not there, then it's a reminder of why I've chosen you. And mm -hmm. I choose you every day. And I will say the proposal has come recently, which y'all were there. Mm -hmm. And Adi was the photographer of the proposal happening Easy picture credit. And so I'm sure, I'm sure that the fact that the question of, will you marry me has brought up like, am I sure? Mm -hmm. Are you sure? Do you want to take the question back? Mm -hmm. All, all mm -hmm. of that stuff. But still like every time, like, wow, what would that altercation look like with the last person? Yeah. Totally yeah, different. I really feel so bad for all of my exes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. If you're listening, really apologize. <laughs> I don't know who would be listening, but they all listen. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, we know. I feel like that's true. They also I they also know I'm sorry. So but I I am better. Again. <laughs> again. Yeah. Again. What was you know, how I just mentioned the whole meditation, self-help and all those things. Where were you on your journey? Would you have called it you're on a personal development journey or would it, was it kind of like just mindset and the way life unfolded for you as a person who was in fitness and in competition mm. and 
that kind of thing? Or would you say that there was like a, a turn where it was like, I'm going to go in this growth oriented trajectory? Mm-hmm. Hey, he has a unique version of that. And you can tell your story first. And then I can talk about how lucky I am to have met someone that has been through that journey. Mm. So up until meeting a D, I was, I was very interested in women, not very interested in like a long-term relationship. I had had a couple, but my version of it was just someone to have, I, I, want, I was going to say like just to have sex with more often, but it wasn't, it wasn't just that, but I wasn't, I wasn't spending a lot of time. I never felt like I had a partner before her because I just wasn't interested. I, I was interested in school and career and sports and all of the other things. And I just hadn't made that a priority yet. And part of my story is going through drug rehab, which you know. And in that experience, I learned a lot of skills about how to communicate, how to express my emotions, how to take care of myself, how to ask for what I want. And I had never used that in, a, in an intimate relationship. So I had all of these skills, but hadn't, hadn't used them in, a, in an intimate relationship because I had never had something deep enough to warrant them. As soon as anything got tough, I was out. So then I meet a D and I just had this intense attraction to her physically, emotionally, and this, this just piece that I was like, I have no idea what's going on, but I am so attracted to you. And so for the first time, I felt like, okay, I, I really don't want to fuck this up. I'm just going to be my absolute best. And I'm going to use all of the communication skills that I have, et cetera. And we just went to work. It, I feel like it's like being in a relationship is like riding a bike. You can read all of the books and go to the seminars, but you don't learn how to do it until you practice and you are willing to make mistakes and you're just in the arena. And so that was, that was really my first time. And I was uh, lucky enough to have an amazing partner that was willing to experiment with me and keep growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I am so lucky to have found a partner that's been through so much therapy and like family therapy and group therapy and uh, like to go through rehab. It's, he started at, I mean, you started AA meetings at like 14. Mm-hmm. So started AA meetings at 14 goes to rehab at 17 and and not just any rehab yeah like wilderness yeah rehab yeah for the first bit yeah <laughs> yeah you went died. to wilderness She's therapy a shivering mm-hmm. a shivering message if you're listening yeah <laughs> um and just to go through like that experience also like his whole family went through that experience too so then you meet someone who's been through all of that and i was just a girl from canada who is pretty prude and square in many ways. And I happened to be have some natural leadership and business skills, got a great opportunity. And most of my personal development at that point was like, how do I be a better business person? Which the business I had started six months before I met Michael. So at that point, I'm like, ooh, I'm talking to all these people that run these businesses and they keep talking about how this stuff is what makes them successful. And it just kept coming up so consistently. Like your success will never exceed your personal development would kept coming up. Like that theme just kept coming up. So I'm like, okay, it's not coincidence that all of these people who I admire and I want to be like are talking about this. Then I meet this person who's like so much experience is coming from that. Um, And one of the first times we hung out, he recommended I read Brene Brown's Daring Greatly. 
And I'm like, oh my God, I like this boy. Like, I'm going to read this book. I'm going to take it so seriously. <laughs> just you're like, like, what the fuck? When you're reading it, like this guy recommended this book. Yeah. I was just like, it completely changed my life. Like that book, because he gave it to me at the right time. It, it was like perfect timing to read that book. And I had just decided like, oh my gosh, I need to live a wholehearted life and I need to be authentic and I need to, I, that's how I need to live my life. And that just like started a huge shift in where I was going to pay, put my attention and energy. And I just had him to lead me in that way for sure. Fucking incredible. So I'm going to ask this because it's on my sheet, even though I know you already touched on it. So now I'm going to ask it purely for a D. And in a French accent. how did you know she was the one oh yeah how (laughs) details Mm -hmm. take your time (laughs) there definitely wasn't a moment but it was just a it was a feeling in my body uh a feeling of like intuition where over time so yeah the, the process is like, as we get to know each other better, I'm kind of probing, we're kind of probing each other about like, what do you value? What matters to you? How do you behave in, in uh, conflict or adver- during adversity? And after only a few months, like we had, we had gone through a lot of intensity because we're living close in close quarters. So we'd, we had had a lot of experience already. And I felt like I knew enough to have this feeling in my body like, damn, she, she really is the one. I feel like, not I feel like, I know that I want to spend the rest of my life with this one. For me, that was so crazy to have that feeling so quickly. One, because I thought if I ever got married, I would have to make so many compromises. I, I just, I knew that to be true. And with her, I felt like I was not making a single compromise. I did not know that existed. And so, yeah, after, after probing her enough, probing her, her enough, mm-hmm. um, I just had this feeling in my body, like, you know, there's no tension, there's no fear, there's no real fear. Yeah. There's just like a deep knowing, like, this is my person. Right. That all in mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, there's, talk no, about, there's, there's no, there's no such thing as out. Yeah, there's no, the option, the exiting option is off the table. Right. It's just off the table. I so, think you yeah. approach your relationship differently if the exit is off the table. That's not say that's not to say like it couldn't end up on the right. table. You somehow. override all of your boundaries yes. and override your truest desires by doing this thing, but just like how do we operate yeah. if it's so if it's not on the table, what opportunities become available to us? Because with the exit option on the table, you might behave differently. For sure. So um I really felt that from the beginning. I mean, I much more quickly was like, he's the one. I'm gonna throw my whole life upside down too. And you did. Yes. Speaking of, <laughs> what would you say are some of the bullet point obstacles that y'all overcame in the development of your relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, I think one obstacle was the, I have a tendency for um, getting validation from like connection and togetherness. Like I, you don't want to hang out with me. You don't like me. Oh, you want to hang out with other people and not with me. What do you mean? Like we should hang out every single second of every single day and do absolutely everything together. And him not wanting that was 
all the time was like, I took it personally. And so I had to navigate that for myself. And then um, there are times where Michael will like push the other edge pretty far where it's like, I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And that is, that's been like one thing that we've had to navigate where like, I want to do everything together all the time. And you want to sometimes push it the other way. Like, let me do my own thing. Yeah. And in our relationship, she has really developed for the first time in her life, a really strong sense of independence. She has her own incredibly deep relationships. She has her own hobbies and interests so that now there's not as much pressure on our relationship and, and on me to provide all of her sense of connection and fulfillment in life. And uh, in relation to what she was saying about me, now I really get teamwork. Like I get, I get the, the benefit for me in giving up my own personal freedom and space because when I, when I lean into spending quality time with her, the feeling of love that I get to walk around in my life with it makes every part of my life better. And at first, I really thought I was doing it for her, right? I, I thought I wanted to spend more time by myself, uh, you know, doing hobbies or with friends. But when I finally got like, this is for both of us and this is for me just as much as her, um, I feel like I really leveled up in life. Another huge one for us has been me getting over my own ego. Um, when we started, when we got together, we had, we were both running our own businesses. We were the founders of those businesses and I'm a very competitive person. So naturally I'm just comparing my business to hers and my knowledge to hers. And by a lot of metrics, hers was more successful than mine. Not fun, <laughs> not fun for my, my ego. <laughs> right. I, it was so fucking hard for me, Alexa. I remember oh like, like two or three months in, I called my therapist. We were in one of the most beautiful parts of the country. It was San Juan Islands. San Juan mm -hmm. Islands and outside of Seattle. Gorgeous area. But I'm like legit depressed because my business was really going through a hard time. She's fucking growing 50% a month. <laughs> and I call him and I say, man, Tracy, I'm so in love with this woman. And I also hate how successful she is. Like, I don't know what to do. And he gave me advice that has, it, it transformed me then and continues to do so to this day, which is I know everything inside of you wants to like withdraw and push her success away. But I think the only way that you're going to make it with her is to lean further into what she's doing, is to support her, encourage her. And really just lean into it. So over the course of the next three years, I would go on to sell that business, to join her. And now we run her business together. And it's been so much better for my ego. I feel like we're on the same team. Um, sure, I compare myself sometimes and I feel like an imposter sometimes. Um, but that voice is so much quieter and I don't identify with it as much. Mm. It's really beautiful. And hearing y'all's story and then being a part of your journey for the last, gosh, I had to think about this. It still feels like we all just became best friends, but it's like been a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Like, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like we were just looking at pictures from when my hair was blonde yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh yeah, you, you met me then. then. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. That was kind of, we've got some like time behind us now. Mm -hmm. Like we mean it. That's like the one <laughs> sad thing about getting older, I think is it's, 
um, it's hard. It's harder to have old friends. Like when you make new friends, it like takes time to have old friends. So yeah, but we're getting there. We're working on it. Yeah. But hearing y'all talk about your business, the way that you talk about it and hearing you share things like I remember we went camping one time and you were, I was kind of one of the only women of the crew that was hearing the conversation that you were having. And Jordan and I were also going through a little something. He was transitioning, still finding his way post bulletproof and things were going really well for me. And that like, what does that mean for me as a man? What does that mean for me as the provider in a, of a family? You know, th- it was challenging. And I don't think that we gave it words that much, just what was feel- the feelings were. And then hearing you just straight up say it, that that was something that you have been navigating or you had navigated quite a bit. And it was just so, such a sigh of relief. I think for him, it was, you know, because he admires you in so many ways for him to hear that and for you to say, and I'm not done with it. You know, like there's so much in this like healing journey or this personal development journey that makes it seem like at some point you're going to get through some work and it's going to end. And it doesn't, it doesn't really end. And it might be this like clearing of, Oh, here's peace from that thing. And then right behind it is like the universe or God or whatever. That's like, just kidding. There's several more layers Mm. for you to dig under. Totally. And, and you just keep, going and it's like fuck all right let's do this more and also the human experience is so fun with all these ups and downs and roller coasters and i didn't see that coming Mm -hmm. so and it's cool that i I went to ask you about obstacles and you shared these like really deep kind of things because i was like well you were in canada and you were in america and that was an obstacle and you had a business and you had this and then i was thinking of all of the actual like physical things that you had to navigate but but i think those obstacles came up in those things yeah like but the real obstacle was what we talked about Mm. underneath the like it was an obstacle that i had to move from canada to here right but within that obstacle it came up like i want to work as a team and he wants to work on his own like that came up a lot when we were navigating through that well jordan and i are having conversations now because you talk about or or y'all talk about it was a d's business and then it was just six months before you met and then you know, how you function in that, which is, I love how I don't really have to navigate us through what's on my document of questions because you're going there very organically and naturally. It's like, how do we, how do you, how do we have polarity while also navigating life and a business and working from home all together, which is, has its own challenges. Um, so that's my next question that I want to dig into or topic that I want to dig into. Uh, but for Jordan and I, we we're starting to talk about the business in a sense. Um, and it's like, okay, yes, I have this thing, but he also has these incredible skill sets. And there's definitely many conversations to have as to how his amazing skill sets can be packaged and leveraged. And what would it look like if we work together? And what, because we're both so unique and so different and if I wouldn't have both of you modeling what it's like to work and be in business together, then I would not be considering what we are even starting to have these conversations because it was like our relationship is worth more than bringing you into my business Mm -hmm. in this way. Like our relationship is just more important. Our sex life and our polarity and our connection is way more important than we could make some money together. So I'm curious 
Yeah. I think one thing about working together is that I do understand couples that want to just completely avoid it. For sure. I totally get it. It's just, a th- it's like more work you're going to have to do because things are going to come up no matter what. Like you can't really avoid that. It's just another um, like fractal of your relationship where the same things that come up everywhere else are just going to come up somewhere else. And in our work relationship, um, other versions of, you know, um, I want to work as a team and Michael wants to do what he wants to do comes up, like comes up in the work setting or, um, it's just like other layers of working on our relationship. And I feel like our relationship gets way stronger because we find ways to work together. Um, and I'm confident in our way to communicate and work through conflict. I'm super confident in all of that. Um, that is to be also to say it's been had challenges and obstacles and, um, we've had to like, we have, rituals and space in our relationship where we can check in on that and make sure we're both feeling okay with how it's going um, and continue to choose doing this together. Um, But I also think Michael has like such tremendous skills that are assets to the company that I can't find anywhere else. And I'm a first round draft pick employee. So (laughs) (laughs) just saying. Yeah. So I'll say, I'll say one more like plug for working together and then we can talk about how we like balance the two there is something amazing about working with someone that you have so much trust with and also having the ability to have the masculine and feminine voice right direction and creativity um, clarity and softness and empathy like it's very rare that two business partners bring those skill sets and most often uh, and this is changing in the world for sure, but most often there's just way too much masculine, not enough empathy and flow and creativity. And we're learning how to really leverage each other's skills and we're bringing that to the table. So it was encouraged to us by our friend Annie because her and Evan do this. Um, this is a way to have like the ultimate collaboration, doing business with your partner. It doesn't work for everyone but it seems to be working really well for us. And I don't think we could ever do a business not helping each other out now. No. Yeah, there's just like no way. Even no. like Michael starting a new project right now called Soul Searching Adventures. And I'm like, how can I help? Like, can I look at things? Can I help you? Like, I just, I just don't think we could do it without each other. We just can't. I don't think so. And how do we separate the two? So one of the most useful mental models or concepts that we've ever gotten is separating the sacred and the secular. So that just means for us, that means usually before say 9 a.m. and after 4 p.m., we don't talk about work. We don't talk about finances. We don't talk about scheduling. It's only sacred Mm -hmm. things. And what I see in a lot of other relationships of people that are freelancers or work remotely or the worst are people that work together, they're just kind of always talking about work, right? They wake up and they look at their phone. They're talking about phone. Uh, they're, they're talking about like social media and emails all day long. It really can kill a sex life and, a re- and yeah, intimacy. And, and that it, happened to us in the beginning. In couples also that don't necessarily work together or talk about work, this also includes talking about bills, talking about taking out the trash, talking about things that need to get done around the house, like your family is also a business. If you want to look at it that way, it can be 
it can be, it has a vision and a mission and it needs to be uh, structured and mm-hmm. organized and treated with respect. Like that's, if you treat your family that way, like we choose to treat our family that way. We also don't want to talk about the secular within our relationship in sacred times. Like there is a separation. And if somebody breaks the rules there, we have ways where we can pull the other back into sacred, like vlogging. Mm-hmm. Hey. <laughs> 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 but something like, hey, can we talk about this tomorrow? And the other person will be like, oh yeah, totally, no worries. Or we can ask, I know, can we talk about something about work right now? And then the other person has full permission to say no, and then we'll talk about it another time. Um, And I catch myself often wanting to say something about work and then just not saying it and just waiting till the next day till we can talk about it. It like really kills connection when you're getting into work mode. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just... uh, I mean, at first it's kind of fun because it's new and exciting. And then if you want to do this long term, separating sacred and secular is really essential to keep like eroticism and connection in your relationship. Mm. Speaking of eroticism and connection. Mm You are feeling turned on? Well, you did say you did say heavy flogging. So, <laughs> which I was with Adi when she bought the flogger. You were. I was. She was like it. four months pregnant, one. five months pregnant, yeah. and she's just like couldn't couldn't. We we're like doing a little presentation around the I sex love shop. That flogger, it's so and fun. She just like couldn't keep her mouth shut. She just like <laughs> look at this and look at that and look at that and she's like got this flogger. Pretty in typical. Her hand. Pretty typical of me. It was amazing. <laughs> I I love it. I love the role that. Um, I don't think I gave any of my friends an option for it to be any other way. Mm-hmm. It's like the role that I play in most of y'all's relationship and like the counterpoint or the like I, people running things by me or what mm-hmm. do you think of this? And I think that I have given more play by plays or like mm-hmm. a- examples or ideas to you to bring into y'all's relationship. Mm-hmm. And I love how eager you are. So you're new. We are parent. the most compliant couples you've probably ever met. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) I love that. Well, it feels good. You know, sometimes I work with clients where I'm like, I gave you everything that's going to get you where you want to go. And you are choosing such suffering. Mm. Like you are choosing, there is something about the suffering and the struggle that you get more fulfillment in than doing this thing and moving through it and changing the story. And y'all are not those People, it's like, oh, we found, oh, look how exciting we found a new thing to work on. Yeah. Let's do it. You know, Um, but there have been some, there have been some times where Dee's asking me questions about like, about y'all's relationship or what you, she can bring into it or something like that, where I'm like, everything that I just typed to you, I'm like, I'm kind of turned on now. (laughs) You know, I'm like, do this and do this and do this. And like in my mind, I'm like imagining like you doing all those things and then you're in the picture and I'm like, I've got to stop thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> we are cool with it. I don't know. It's I mean, it's, but it's also very A leads to B leads to C where I'm like thinking about your personality and thinking about who you are. And I'm like, okay, and I can see that working. I can see that working and then I can do this and instruct her with the breathing and whatever. And, okay, and now it she's feels undressed. very- redress her in my head no it just it feels very like i'm like hitting these points and i'm not like trying to think about this erotic story in my head that i'm gonna get off on later but now maybe i'll think about that i don't know (laughs) i don't think y'all would mind we don't we would not so but on this note like uh i want to wrap up our show by really digging into how you have approached sex and the role that it plays in your relationship i think so many people have 
sex as this obligatory thing. He wants it. She's the gatekeeper. And like there's tension or like sometimes too much time goes by or there's just like desires and needs not being met. And of course, like for me, I have lots of skills and tools that I get to use in my partnership. And even still, like a couple of nights ago, yeah. I'm like, wow, I didn't realize that I was not talking about that mm-hmm. I was holding this in. And I'm the one that like helps people talk freely all the time. So like even me, I'm like, I'm a human doing my thing in my relationship too with my own stories and the shit that I grew up with and all of that. So um yeah, I, I would love to hear y'all's perspective of how you've navigated it and this not being your work and it not being in your face all the time. How, how like your relationship with sex, uh, how did you go beyond? Yeah, how did you go beyond that surface level? I was just gonna say the first uh the first thought that comes to mind, like when we first got together, sex was so good. We had sex one plus times per day. Yes. We were just obsessed with each other. So, and that reaffirmed the story that I was conditioned with that sex should be always spontaneous and it should always be super passionate and easy. And over time, through our own experience and just really listening to other friends that we look up to or, or respect, um, we realized that's not always the case. And one of the first things I remember, the first times I remember like this, this shift is a D told me like, Hey, it would be kind of nice if you tried to seduce me every now and then rather than what was probably happening, which was, I was like, Hey, you want to have sex right now? You know, <laughs> like not really putting much effort into it. Yeah. And in that sexy. moment, whew, so much tension going throughout my body. I was so uncomfortable. I was like, Oh my God, am I not sexy? You know, creating this story. And within moments I made this decision. Yes, absolutely. I can try to seduce you. And I remember having like a lot of like awkward trying to figure out how to be more seductive towards her. Um, but I think that's a reflection of what, you know, we can talk more about, which is this decision to treat sex as like a craft and something that we're always working and iterating on. And we're never done. Like we've never reached this place where it's perfect and we've learned everything we need. And it's, it's always like something we're, we're working on. Yeah, we both come from athletic backgrounds. We've spent most of our lives competing in some type of sport or pushing ourselves physically. And I think we take the mindset of training into our sex life. Like sometimes you don't want to go to the gym, but we go to the gym anyways. And I can't remember a workout that I've regretted that I did. And sex is sometimes like that, where it takes some time to get warmed up. But once you're in it, I'm not like regretting that we're having sex at the end of it. We'll, we'll sometimes we treat it like a practice and a commitment that we've made in our relationship. And it's important to have it. Um, it's something that human beings, uh, it's like an innate need of ours to have that kind of intimacy with our partners. And so to do that, we create like commitments and spaces the same way that we do for the gym. Like I am committed to moving my body for a minimum of 30 minutes every single day. I'm committed to having sex with Michael a minimum of two times a week. Like that's just happening two times a week. So we either put it on the schedule, which we do that Tuesdays and Saturdays. And then if it comes up other times, then that's icing on the cake and even extra on top of it. Um, And then we also are committed to spotting when our relationship feels like it needs it. Um, 
I'm sure people listening can relate where like the way your partner looks at you annoys you. Just like anything he says just pisses me off. And we have sex and I'm like, oh yeah, I love you. Right. I forgot. I choose you. I yeah. totally so great. forgot. Um, and I think we also just really, um, in a lot of parts of our life, we don't really want to buy into the status quo of this is how life is supposed to be. You know, like you are just, you know, you're going to have a baby and you're never going to have sex again or sex is never going to be the same again. And I think both of us just really want to see if there's another option out there. And, and it's all, there's also an element of like being rebellious, like fuck yeah. you society. Yeah, you're not yeah. going to tell sure. me how to live my life. Yeah. Watch. And so because of that, um, I think we also have this thing of like, what else can we explore in sex? And I think meeting you was actually like a huge gift, huge, huge gift where we're like, whoa, like we, we, we definitely like explored. We're and, square as yeah. fuck. Like, we were just having like, we were just having like normal sex. Like I knew what positions would get me off. He knew how to like. I think we had like yeah. a vibrator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which we like didn't really use yeah. that often. And now it's like we are like sex life. We just realized what possibilities are out there. And we know we have just scratched, scratched the, surface. the surface of what is possible. Where now we're like, oh, if we're treating this like a craft, we need to like sharpen our skills and we need to try new things. And we need to push our edges in order to see what we like and what we don't like. What are we open to? What are we not even open to? Um, what are like that? What type of intention can we put towards our sex life? And it kind of adds that novelty that we've had at the beginning of our relationship mm -hmm. into our sex life now, right? which people have always told me that's never going to happen. Like you're not going to have the same feelings that you had at the beginning of your relationship but we've had some like times where we've had sex recently where we're like this is like the best we've ever mm -hmm. had mm -hmm. like the best sex we've ever had and a lot of that is because of some things that we've learned from you and um like different rituals we put in place and the intention we put behind it and how committed we are to it um doesn't mean it always works but we know that it is impossible for us to go weeks without having sex. Like that's just, if we're, we're talking about it, if that's happening, right. um, it's just a staple, a pillar in our relationship. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest like unlocks in our relationship and our sex life is when we made the decision to both take an equal amount of responsibility over it. So very similar to what I was talking about earlier about like being a team player. Like I thought it was for her. At different times, one of us or both of us has felt like we're kind of doing sex for the other person, like the other person needs it. But as soon as we took each 100% responsibility for it and we realized that it was for us and it was for the relationship, not just for the other person, we were so much more consistent. We were willing to go through that uncomfortable five minutes when we're first starting where we're not like fully in it. And we just touch skin, we commit to it. And that part, like I finally get why people talk about sex as like a spiritual practice. It's because in order to put like in order to go to a place where you're not you're not already turned on, but to go to the place where you're gonna you're gonna have sex, you have to be willing to let go of making the other person wrong. Like you might've had stories running all day or all week. You have to be willing to just put that to the side. You have to be willing to 
be like really vulnerable, to trust them, all of these things that help us grow in intimacy, you have to get there regularly, which is so like such spiritual nourishment. Mm. So good. How is sex while being pregnant? While being pregnant? Yeah. Um, at different times, it was different. Um, there were like many times where my like sex drive was like super high and I wanted to have sex all the time. Um, and then times where and it's then, like, uh, titties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know how you feel about those. Um, <laughs> well, now, now everybody yeah, does. <laughs> I mean, and he told all of his friends immediately. <laughs> yeah. I remember Jordan being like, Michael is so funny. Yeah. It's just like, those tits though uh, like, yeah i care what exactly which actually there was like, there was like a period that like was so novel for michael that he was like whoa like like a kid in a candy store just like so excited because mm-hmm. i did not have big boobs before at all and now i'm like a double or triple d for sure um and yeah it was just different it was definitely different once getting closer to the end there's just like this navigating of positions like where mm-hmm. can i what position can i be in um, I mean, we had sex the day I went into labor, literally had sex. Michael reached orgasm. I, we finish. I turned to him and I go, that's how you induce labor. And then I went into labor later <laughs> and I was joking. I was totally joking. But right. And I, I saw you the knows? day before we were on a boat yeah. for, for our friend's birthday. Yeah, and we then had, there was, I think it was like a couple hours after we had sex. I was in labor. Mm-hmm. I fucking cried when I got the email. It was like Shy's making earth sign. I had to go outside and take some deep breaths. Yeah. I was like, this is too soon. <laughs> it was too soon. Oh, in my fact. God. Oh, my God. What was that? How was sex for you while pregnant? Freaking bomb yeah it was so good jordan can't wait yeah i mean you know for the titties reason um also her she was just way more into it which was exciting and there was i had one single moment of thinking oh my god there's a human in there is that weird and then i was like no it's not weird right and i just kept going at it that's how the human got there yeah and it's kind of been since he's been born too like moments of is it weird that he's in the room and making going like (laughs) (laughs) we we were having sex the other day and and he woke up and i laid him on the bed right beside my face and he's he's making these little grunting noises i'm like mike and he's staring at me and i'm like michael you just need to move the baby like i don't mind that he's in the room but he can't be like looking at my face smiling because he sees his mom you know he's like It's yeah. so good. And we've had we've had a lot of like good laughs during sex lately. Yeah. It's it's been fun. That sometimes it's fun. fun. Sometimes it's fun and then you just like can't stop laughing where yeah. you need to get like back in the mood and yeah. it's just too funny. Yeah. Uh it's I mean it's a different thing. The other day Jordan and I were and then all of a sudden I look over and little is like she her back is to me and she's just looking over her shoulder right at me. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my god." Like, you know, so I can only she's, imagine. No, she what, wasn't looking at you. She's was looking at Jordan. She's think, just like, "What are you doing to her?" Excuse think, me. Yeah, I think you could think it was weird I that was and an then invitation to Jordan. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to ignore you. Yeah. All of a sudden, Michael's 12. Um, I think sex with a baby in general, like you could think it's weird, but then I actually think it might be good for him to feel the like chemicals that go in the air and the feeling and the love and the like, obviously there's an age threshold that that becomes inappropriate. Inappropriate. Um, But he's 
four months old. So yeah, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> so I want to mention something that is my last like uh, pouring of love and all the things that you for this episode. I mean, I'll continue doing it for the rest of our lives. But <laughs> when you messaged me after Shy was born and he was a preemie and he was in the NICU for a hot minute there and you messaged and said something like, what are ways that sex can happen when penis and vagina intercourse is not, is not on the table? Mm -hmm. And I was so surprised and impressed that you asked me that like baby's in the NICU and you are navigating this difficult, traumatic kind of situation that just unfolded. And you're saying, and you're showing up for your relationship saying, how do I, how do I make sure that we stay close mm -hmm. and this is important and I show up for this part of, of my life and this, yeah. And like treat it with that importance. And I was just like, so moved by that. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember even asking my Facebook group, what are ways just post baby? And so many people were like, don't put pressure on her to have sex. Don't, you know, people want time and all of these things. And I was like, whoa, it's just a bunch of projection of what mm -hmm. you think life is supposed to be like right after the baby comes out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And sure, there's all kinds of hormones and there's priorities and there's all these things. But the two people that created that child and their connection and their intimacy, like you are doing this really intense thing, like bringing, rearing a child now, bringing this kid into the world. Like you need to stay connected. Mm -hmm. and, and that doesn't mean you have to have penetrative sex. Like there's so many things that we explored. We made out, we touched just skin to skin. We had conversations about sex. I think that the, those, that pressure conversation comes from a woman who thinks that she needs to have sex because her partner needs it. And that is not how it needs to be. Like I am wanting intimacy with my partner because I also need it. And I, am, I know that I'm committed to that. And I know that it'll make being a team for our relationship for this period of our lives. And in moments I didn't want it. I don't, I don't, I don't have to have it. I know that I don't have to have it. Um, and it was really amazing to know that I wasn't being pressured by Michael. Like we could make out and he would be clear. There is no pressure for us to make out. And this lead to me getting a blowjob. Like he just like, it often did because I wanted to, but not because um, he was pressuring me to do that. Um, and it, I think it helped us. One, I think it actually genuinely helped me with potential postpartum depression, like just feeling intimacy with my partner. And then two, one thing that happened that I did not expect is that it reminded me that like I am my own person. Um, I just like this thing just came out of me that I am absolutely connected to. And he requires my body for sustenance and being sexual with Michael and exploring that reminded me, oh, yeah, there's a piece of me that is only mine. Like my body is also mine. I am my own individual. I am my own person. And it was really, really healing for me, for sure. And we did like we made out. We touched skin to skin. We danced. We did massage. Michael like one day took a feather and like tickled me with a feather. Like we just did a bunch of different things um, that involved no uh, penis in vagina because <laughs> that was not happening. <laughs> nope. For a while. Mm -hmm. How did you feel just hearing her say all of that? Proud of us. Really proud of us. And I also want to acknowledge the people in the Facebook group who were talking about like not pressuring and stuff like that. It wasn't like a D 
was completely devoid of that type of insecurity. There was a moment in the hospital where I think you thought I needed sex. And so you convinced yourself that you wanted it. And then I was like, hey, I feel this like pressure and eagerness. You know, it's okay. Like we don't have to have sex right now. And she's like, okay, cool. And then we waited like, I don't know, a handful of days. And then we started exploring with what she, what she said. Um, but yeah, super proud of us. I think that we were very patient, but also really engaged with each other. And I think we did a really good job of staying connected, as connected as, as we possibly could have. I love you both. Love we you. love you. I know our time has come to yes. an end. You're an excellent podcast host. Thank I, you for the question. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, thank you for spending your time with mm -hmm. me. And I know you've got a jet because yes. you've, you've got meetings and business lady things to tend to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um yeah i'm just so um i feel so blessed and so grateful and yeah there's that we're just getting started i think that we're gonna always feel that way like we're just getting started in our friendship we're just getting started on the sex journey and relationships all of it and it feels really fucking good to have friends you know for for jordan and i where we're continuously like striving for whatever is the next thing while also being so present with how far we've come and just loving like you guys fuck yeah we love you, Thank you. <laughs> i yes. love you we love you guys so much yeah. and we're so challenged by you we're so encouraged by you um yeah we are so grateful for y'all in our lives mm. so our next conversation then we get to talk about all of the controversy and conflict and uh, maybe not conflict but uh the catholic religion no <laughs> conscious parenting Ooh. you know what is it like to navigate that and how do you navigate intimacy and who does what for what and you know this is a show about sex love and relationships and that's real shit for yeah. a lot of people so yeah we'd to love be to continue yeah thanks for having us on thank you kazuyus bye y'all thanks so much for listening to today's show if you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.